In episode four of my podcast, I talked to Jack Broadley from Baggy Trousers Charity. Jack, when he was 21, was diagnosed with testicular cancer and since then has been on a mission to raise awareness. I talked to him about his struggles, what it's like to live with cancer and how it affects you both physically and personally. My day to day can look like a million things, really. Um, the, the past two months has been spent preparing for a, a fundraising event that we just had yesterday, uh, the Manchester Bank Derby. Um, it was a fantastic day all round and I'd literally tend to get up around between 5 and 6 a.m. Um, Did you read that on LinkedIn anywhere by any chance? Possibly, yeah. <laughs> um, I do like to be an early riser, uh, so I'll you know, grab a quick coffee in the morning, uh, try to come around in the first hour, do a bit of reading, um, you know, start the, the day on a positive, and then I'll get into sort of like emails. Um, I don't really like to do the same thing day in day out so I will mix it up some days I'll go to the gym in the morning other days I'll read it just you know it depends on how I'm feeling um, nothing's okay. really scheduled I so like yeah. that so nothing too religious no because no. I know when I've done that in the past um, I can tend to break the routine because yeah. it becomes a little bit monotonous yeah but so you break it up every yeah and I think if you if you become monotonous and you don't continue to be like that you know you beat yourself up because you've not been to the gym type of thing so uh yeah I just go when i want when i can really okay so um so you've got a charity yes talk to us about what that does and and why you set it up sure um so the age of 21 um i was diagnosed with testicular cancer and my experience with that was i wasn't very well educated on you know what the signs and symptoms were how to check and through that you know it spread to different parts of my body and I required further treatment to get rid of the cancer um, it was quite extensive and it was a tough time uh, I think we'll go into a little bit more about that yeah we've got plenty on. of time don't worry <laughs> about it um, but in a nutshell really excuse the pun the reason why I set, set up the charity is I felt there wasn't enough education out there and the message wasn't being put across to the right audience from the right you know from the right person mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the work that I do is try and speak to the younger audience because uh, it is a young man's disease you know I was 21 I've met several several guys that have been between the ages of 20 and 25 that have been diagnosed um, so yeah I just wanted to kind of put a bit of a support network there as well for guys that have been diagnosed and, and, and offer support Okay, and in, in all your marketing, which is uh, which is pretty cool, by the way, if you can think of um, talking about balls as being cool, um, you refer to in all the marketing as balls. Yeah. What, what's that all about? Um, because it is quite a you know crude way maybe to to look at it. If you think about it, like in a general conversation between two guys, you're not going to sit there and go, "My testicles." Um, as a layman's terms you're always going to refer to my balls. My balls are aching. I found a lump on my ball or balls. Um, it's just very, we, we're trying to sort of like make it as normal as possible. Relevant, um, I guess. Yeah, relevant. Because, you know, when you're coming out with medical terms, it's, it's it became, you know, it makes it more of a sort of like a, a professional conversation. Yeah. Um, whereas we're, you know, we're, we're trying to raise awareness. We're trying to make it a comfortable subject to talk about because there is a huge stigma attached to it. Um, men don't like to talk either that's another thing you know try and use different phrases to to bring them out of the shell and, and put a bit of confidence into them to to be able to you know open up and uh talk about it yeah and it seems like you're doing a pretty good job with it because like you're saying yesterday you had a, a big charity football match and 
Uh, I know um, a friend of mine was also there, but it seems like that got a lot of um, lots of guys together together and. That's yeah. what it's all about. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think probably at least seventy percent of the audience yesterday was males. Um, in regards to you know the ages, it ranged all the way from as young as you know sixteen years old right up to you know sixty. Um, there was a wide range of, of males there, and having you know our our materials out on show for guys to be able to pick up and, and have a read of and. You know, the, all the terminology that we use on our leaflets and on, on our branding is, is very much, again, you know, it's targeted towards it being an easy conversation and something easy to talk about. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of like we target that to, every, you know, suit our audience. And we were talking the other day and you said that uh, ball cancer can affect um, pretty much at any age. Yeah. And you were 21, is that right? Yes, I was 21, yeah. Talk to me then about how that affected you being so young at the time. Um, I mean... Obviously, you're leaving education. Uh, if you leave college, you're leaving at 18. If you're leaving university, you're leaving at 21. So theoretically, you know, 21, you've just left university and you're just going into your second gear of life um, where you're looking for a career or you're looking to start a business or, you know, chase your dreams, really. So I was, you know, I was saving capital to, to set up my own business um, and it, it, it kind of stunted everything. You know, it grinded everything to a halt and as a 21 year old guy being told that i had testicular cancer and that i needed chemotherapy treatment to get rid of what was in my body um, and that i was going to have a, one of my testicles removed uh, it was quite tough you know it was quite tough going um emotionally as well as physically and a lot of people associate cancer with older people um and I, with it you know with it being a, a young man's disease at 21 it was it was difficult to fathom and, and try and process in my mind as to why it's happened to me mm -hmm. so young. You know, I was I was fit, I was healthy, and so I you felt like a normal person. Yeah. I was, you know, I was I was a. I'm not saying I'm not in my prime now, but back then, you know, I was I was energetic. You know, I was life and soul of the party. Um, and you know, like, you know what they say with most of these things, it doesn't. It, you know, it happens to the you know the the best people. Um, so. Yeah, it doesn't, me, doesn't discriminate, I guess. No, it doesn't discriminate. Um, I mean, for me, it was like someone had just put a brick wall up and, and said, hang on a minute, we're going we're gonna to stop you for a little while. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's, it's all a learning curve. And, and what about physically then? Because men typically have a bravado approach to the bodies. Yes. It's all about who's bigger here or smaller there or, or whatever yeah. it is. How, do, how does that affect you as, as a guy? Um, me personally, so when you're going through your paperwork for your operation um they do ask you know would you like a replacement testicle um, okay right okay so obviously some guys will opt for that some won't yeah me personally i didn't want a foreign object inside there yeah and i didn't want to feel like i was less of a man by having a replacement put in but then on the other hand you know some guys may feel like they're less of a man because they've only got one testicle yeah and it all varies for each person me personally you know i chose to just have my remaining one you know, I can still do the things that I want to do. I can still can say, you know, I can still have a child. Yeah. Um, so there are options there for that. Mm -hmm. um, and I just wanted to face it, you know, yeah. and just, just tackle it head on. And um, you've already got rid of one thing from your body that you didn't yeah. want there. And yeah. you didn't want... Yeah, complications yeah. with other things. So. Oh, um, it can cause complications. Yeah, I mean, having a replacement can sometimes um, cause complications because oh, wow, you might okay. need further surgery to have it removed, you know, if it gets damaged, etc. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the one that I've got, and it seems to be doing the job, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you tell people around you, how, how does that conversation come up where, you know, you maybe speak to a partner, loved one, family, friends, because um, obviously your charity now is all about opening up that conversation, but how did that start for you? What was it like first time around? Um, you know, how do you say to, you know, your mom or your dad, hey, you know, you, you, I've got you've, cancer. You've hit the, it's exactly what I was going to talk about, what you've just said then about the mom and the dad. So the first thing that entered my mind as I was told you have testicular cancer was, how am I going to tell my mom? Um, and that was the only, I think that was the only time throughout my experience where I was scared about telling my mum. How fascinating is that? Um, I wasn't scared about the journey. I wasn't scared about having the treatment. It was, it was more sort of, how do you break this news to your, you know, the woman that's brought you into this, this world? Um, and there was no two ways about it. I had to just literally drop it like a, drop it like a, a pen to the floor or drop it like a pencil and just go. What, what was her reaction? She stayed brave in front of me, but I knew, you know, we had a conversation nine months after it had all been, you know, done and, and processed, and we opened up about each other's emotional feelings. Um, you know, she cried a lot, um, which is expected. You know, the mother, your child, you know, you've just been told that your child has got the possibility of, of dying of cancer at a yeah. young age, and I can't imagine how that would feel as a mother. Um, but you know, it was difficult to tell my mum. On the other hand, my dad, you know, he went through it when he was 24, so... And did you know that already then? Um, briefly, but not, not, not to the extent that I know now. Okay. Um, but, you know, at the time, it was a lot easier to tell my dad. And I felt like, you know, the father-son sort of put, you know, put on a, put on a brave face, yeah. so to speak. Damn guys, eh? It's, doesn't it feel slightly annoying that yeah. we, we, we're like that? Yeah, yeah. Um... I think a, I think a, I think majority of guys always try to put a brave face on. Um, everyone's got the breaking point. I certainly had my breaking point, and it was right after I told my mum. So I told my mum, got into my car, drove down to the end of the street, stopped the car, and I literally, I had to scream for me to acknowledge what I'd, what I'd been told that day. You know, I had to scream, "I have got cancer," and have a bit of a cry, get it out of my system. Um, and then I was able to start moving forward then and preparing myself physically as well as mentally, you know, for the challenge ahead. Um, but yeah, the, the hardest thing out of all of it was telling my mum. And would you, would you change, it, it, you know, just hearing um, little bits of the story there, it sounds like, um, you know, so you, you told your mum and dad, um, you had you kind of outburst. Would, would, is there anything in that process that you would change if you, if thinking back? Um... That, that that is a difficult question um to be honest i don't think i would change anything so if we you know if there's if these young guys listening um and maybe maybe just one bit of advice then the top yeah. bit of advice yeah um it is unless you're in that position it's quite difficult um but i'd say probably the best advice is just be as open and honest as possible. And that's with everybody, right? Yeah. Family, yeah. loved ones. Um, they're going to feel helpless. That, that's going to happen. Um, I felt quite bad telling people because I didn't want to make them feel sad or I didn't want to make them, you know, I was quite positive about it. 
whereas once I told the person, they felt like they had the, they they had to like be quite m- you know more empathetic and yeah. treat me differently than they did before. And you know how you d- you know how are you feeling now? Obviously, I'm feeling shit, but you know just have a normal conversation with me. Yeah. Um, so just yeah, just be open and honest with with people. Really, uh, I think that's the key. Well, your charity is is all about. Um you know, open up that message and, and getting guys to check for lumps. Yeah. And I, I regularly do that um, and have done since I was 19. I'm glad to hear that, Milo. <laughs> hey, this is, this, is, this is what you're promoting, so no, we're going to talk no, about I'm, it. I'm so happy. Um, what, what challenges do you face, though, in promoting that message? Because, you know, I can, I can sit here and talk about it, and so can you. Yeah. What about for the guys that can't or, or won't and, and, and maybe put off actually getting checked if they do find something? What challenges yeah. do you face? Um. I think there's a, n- a number of challenges that we face as a charity. Um, it's all around the message that you're putting out and, and how you deliver that. And, you know, I've been in um, building supplies companies in their sort of like courtyard uh, where a number of, you know, builders are coming to get the materials. And I'm there with a pair of training testicles that have got lumps on them. And I approach them to, you know, to ask, will you, you know, have a check of these testicles, take an information leaflet. Um, that must uh, be hard, right? Isn't it, to be honest, not for me, but I think for for the builder being approached by somebody who they don't know with yeah. a pair of testicles in the hand and a, an information leaflet you know they're going to be stun shocked it's not every day you know they're going for a piece of plasterboard <laughs> and in the, and the, what they're feeling is is a pair of testicles and yeah. one of the guys was joking around about it and it was like he's probably late 20s this guy and it's like you're in the prime age you know you're in the area the age bracket of where it's most common yeah and you know, it's it's two thousand four hundred guys that are diagnosed on average every year. Um, it's better to find it early, and I think there's an uh, an element of embarrassment that surrounds it, and also ignorance. So there's two things that we struggle with. They're the two challenges. So embarrassment and ignorance um, are the two challenges that we try and and you know approach. Um, embarrassment's a, a big one to to try and tackle, um, but also ignorance because th- you know these guys that just don't want to know. Okay, yeah, so it's that kind of, um, are you even going to think about it? Yeah. Right. And that's, you know, that I I am, you know, I'm a victim of that. I, I ignored the signs and symptoms. I had lower back pain. I put it down to doing too much in the gym and continued to do that. Didn't bother to get it checked. I had lumps on my testicles. I ignored them. You know, I was advised by an ethosology, a professor over in America who happens to be extended family, he turned around and said, you don't look very well. You should get yourself checked. Bearing in mind, I knew I had a lump at this time. That was on my 21st birthday in America. And I didn't do anything about that until August. You know, that's four months down the lane. And that, again, embarrassment and ignorance. Now that obviously I've come out the other end of it, I can openly hand, you know, put my hands up and say, I was ignorant. I, I chose to ignore it. And I was embarrassed. And... Does it affect your sex life? No. Not at um, all? No. At the beginning, probably, yeah, because it was quite tender around the groin area. But um, and what about emotionally, though, as well? I think emotionally, if, if we're getting into the mental uh, aspect of it, um, I will be brutally honest. If I'm watching uh, some porn and I see a guy with two testicles, that does then play an impact on the mental aspect of it yeah um because it's a bit of a reminder that you know that person's got two i've only got one mm-hmm. and it, it kind of like it's only a brief encounter but you know it soon passes um at the beginning 
you know, I, I was quite held up on that, and it's it kind of kind of gave me a you know erectile dysfunction, and and it, the mental aspect took over. So yeah, it impacted me at the beginning, but now you know, four or five years out, I'm back to you know how I was back before. to normal. Yeah, yeah. And any advice then for guys who are maybe, um, let, let's say they, um, they they have bore cancer, and maybe they're struggling with the the emotional side of it. Any advice? Can they? Can they? Is there advice on your website that people can go to? And I mean, we we offer a peer support group, um, which is open to to guys that are going through treatment or they've survived, and you know that's that's only in central Manchester. Whereas I think other people outside of Manchester. There's plenty of resources out there um, where you can go into like Teenage Cancer Trust, there's Click Sergeant, there's your local hospice where you're being treated. They mm -hmm. all have support workers. Yeah. Macmillan's a fantastic charity uh, who offers support to anybody. You can just pick up the phone, have a chat with them, uh, and they, you know, they offer some fantastic advice and, and just a listening ear. And I use them, you know, maybe six, seven times whilst I was going through my treatment just to ask questions and have somebody there that I didn't know and I could open up to and you know not think oh am I am I making these people you know feel sad am I putting yeah. a burden on them so yeah there's there's plenty of good charities out there but you know we we, we have a real focus on the northwest of England at the moment so anybody outside of the northwest like I say Macmillan uh, and your local hospice where you're being treated are perfect for yeah. getting support definitely and you're always welcome to pick up the phone to me um, definitely 100% and I think maybe for some guys that would be a little bit easier than, even if that's kind of the starting point. Yeah. Picking up the phone. Picking up the phone can be quite difficult. Um, but if you know that you're speaking to somebody that's been through a similar experience, I think that makes, that's half the, that's half the battle. Mm -hmm. um, and anyone's welcome to, to give me a ring. Um, I'm sure Milo will share my contact details on the description. Um, anytime, you know, just give me a call. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely going to share. Um, I'll get I'll get you to um, read out the website in, yeah. in a minute, but to, yeah, to, to share all this information. Yeah. And even um, you know the leaflets that you gave me the other week, yeah. I, I put them all in the office and yeah. I said, I said, hey guys, you got to do it. And yeah. um, you know, I, I did get a few interesting uh, interesting looks. And it's funny because you, you do get the kind of um, you know the little jokey bit, you yeah. know, uh, and you can see that um, hopefully when they go home, put in the website, and yeah. have a little look. Is uh, is this the only charity that you'll have? Is this is this now your life's um, mission? I know that's kind of a weird question. I'm just curious it's, it's not, whether it's not. It's not. Um, and I think I can take from your experience in terms of you know what you've done with Dreamer. Um, you know you've done a fantastic job with that company, and now your new ventures uh, with Pledge. You know you're always trying to bring something to the world. Um, so. Although this is, you know, a great charity, and I've loved setting it up, and I've loved the journey of four years so far, and getting it to where it is today, I'm going to continue working at it, and it, you know, it's always going to be a part of my life, whether that be on the board of trustees, a staff member, a volunteer, an ambassador. It's always going to be a part of my life. It's a legacy. And Absolutely. Yeah. As long as I know that one guy out there is receiving the message and it's saved his life or one guy out there has been diagnosed and he's getting the support he needs, I'm happy. You know, it helps helps me sleep at night, yeah. definitely. What's the website? Uh, www.baggytrousersuk.org. I love it. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> well, look, thank you so much for, um, you know, sharing um, quite 
obviously quite a personal um, story there. Yeah. Uh, and I just hope that um, by you know by us going into detail about how it's affected you, that other guys can can sit up and go, you know what, I'm I'm going to get checked. Yeah. And even for the guys who are maybe still facing this now, mm. to to spread that message to other people. Yeah. So so thank you very much. No, uh, thank you, Milo. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on here. Thanks for listening. I'm always looking for inspiring stories that I can help spread the message for in an effort to inspire other people. This could be through mental health, times in your life that you think people could learn from. And for you to talk about your own experiences uh, in an effort to help others, if you are interested, uh, get in touch. And in the meantime, if you do like the podcast, please like, subscribe and rate, leave me a review. I read every single one of them and would love to hear your feedback.